thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. There's many leaders in this church of various groups from the sewing class to the toddlers to the connect all the leaders, all these people here, pray for your leaders. Soon as a leader steps up to lead God's work, the enemy says, oh, there's a target. And so if you like this, why would you bother with you? So your leaders get sick and tired. They very likely get sick and tired as well. But they certainly get sick and tired. So pray for the leaders. So Johnny's asked me to speak. And always the best message is your own testimony. But he's asked me to speak into this testimony as well. So this is me, but it's what I think God is saying to us as well. So what's a testimony? We use these words, but a testimony is a solemn, spoken or written statement attesting to the truth. So it's your truth story. And from a Christian point of view, it's our faith story, my Christian truth. What's God done for you? What's God been saying to you? Um, and 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So someone says to you, well, why do you believe in God? And what's all this Bible stuff? How can you possibly believe in the Bible? Always be prepared to give an answer to that question. So this is my fresh testimony. Okay, so New Year's Eve service, Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, Johnny says to the congregation, what's God been doing for you? What's God been saying to you? So I shout out, just get on with it. Stop faffing about. Now, faffing is not a correct grammatical word. It just means stop messing about, stop putting it off. And that is what God is saying to me. Now, Johnny thought it was about his sermon and his procrastination talking about Liverpool, who I also support, but that's another story. So, stop faffing about, get on with it, is what God says to me. But I think he might be saying it to you as well. So, how much time have you and I wasted thinking about doing it? I want to do it, but and what about what if I do do it? What about the consequences? Dwelling on it, analysing it, studying it, going round the houses, but not doing it, whatever it is. And your it will be different from my it. We never get round to taking the plunge. I, I wish I'd done it. I wish I'd done it. So then it's a double whammy. I've spent ages faffing about, I've spent ages procrastinating and not doing it, and then I regret the time that I've wasted not doing it. So it's a double hit from the enemy in some cases about, come on. So the thing that you've been putting off, 
will be different for all of us. Absolutely, my thing isn't your thing. Um, but I'll guarantee the putting it off is common to us all. I bet there's no one in this room who, who hasn't or isn't putting things off. Oh, I can't do it. Mm, shall I, shan't I? What about the risk? And so on. And another thing that will be common to us all is the regret at not doing the thing. Because in some cases, now I can't do the thing because maybe it's a person that's not here or a, something that's passed and I just can't now go and do the thing that I wish I'd done. So it's all about getting on and doing it. So back to my own testimony. Some of you know a little bit about this. I've always wanted to swim on New Year's Day for years and donkey's years. I used to live on Walney and every New Year's Day at 11 o'clock, people go down to the tide and in they go. It might be to raise money for charity. It could just be because they're daft. It could be a challenge. It could be many things, but every New Year's Day, 11 o'clock, in they go. So I've always wanted to do it. So this one year in the past, my cousin's husband did it and he was doing it for charity. I thought, right, I'm gonna go. Got my cosy on, that's a costume. Got my swimming costume on, got my towel. Went down with Eddie, that's my cousin. Went right to the water's edge. Literally, literally right to the water's edge. Literally put my toes in, I thought, not a chance. <laughs> not a <laughs> it was perishing, so I thought, no way, no way. But I regretted it, I regretted going right to the point of no return. Anyhow, never went in. Lots of faffing about, getting ready, doing the stuff, didn't do it. So back to two weeks ago, New Year's Eve, Johnny says, what's God showing you, teaching you? And I says, just get on with it, stop faffing about. So I have to take my own medicine. Be careful what you shout out in church. Moral of, one moral of the story. In a nutshell, this whole testimony is about God teaching me and possibly you, come on, whatever the it is, get on and do it. And so Proverbs 6 verse 9 says, and I, this is from the NIV, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? It actually says you sluggard. Now sluggard is a lazy old so-and-so. Some versions do say lazy person. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? And that's a scripture I've had a lot. It's not because I sleep in, it's just because I am sometimes a procrastinator, I put stuff off. Come on. So, New Year's Day, this New Year's Day, you might remember it was a little nippy. Um, I'll tell you, it wasn't freezing, it was seven degrees to be precise. I now discovered it was seven degrees. But there was wind chill and everything, it was perishing. But I thought, right, come on, come on, you've said it in church, take your own medicine, get going. So, into my costume, got my towel, got my lovely new outdoor swimming bathrobe that I was given. Shira, queen of the jungle, surf girl, here I go. Down to the beach I went, in the car, it's about, say, 10 o'clock, something like that. Whose bright idea is this? I opened the car door, stepped out, no chance. Stepped straight back in again. This is a true story. And I went in and out of that car three times, ready to do it. And I thought, I can't. It was bitter, bitter, 
beautiful day on New Year's Day, but bitter. So, guess what? The procrastination sets in again. The faffing about steps in. Oh, well, I'll get all cold and it'll be wet and I can come again another year. And oh, faff, faff, faff. Dithering about. But then, I was right on the fence. Literally, literally, 50-50, shall I, shall I, shall I, shall I. And then I saw three men and three ladies and it was clear that the men were going to go and do the swim because he's on and all the rest of it and the ladies wives girlfriends were holding the coats literally so i thought right uh there were these strangers now i was a stranger here two years ago so i've only been i'm from barrow but i've been away for donkey's years and I've come back two years ago. I believe completely God brought me back here two years ago. Now, when I came to this church two years ago, I did not know anybody at all except our Kerry. Kerry's my niece. But I didn't know she went to this church. So I didn't know anybody, not a sausage. But since then, I have got to know many of you and some of you quite deeply. And so yesterday, I'm out with Jeff and Chrissy because I want a camper van. I'm in the market for a camper van. So if you've got one to sell, or if anyone out there's got one for me, you know, it's, this is free advertising. I'm in the game. But my point is, I didn't know them. But yesterday, Jeff, and another day, Chrissy as well, gave up hours of their time to be with me going searching for a camper van. The camper van's part of all this. I've wanted one for donkey's years, but never got round to going for it. So now, come on, go for it. So I've asked them to help me on that journey, and they are helping me on. But I took the plunge, getting to know Chris and Jeff, and it's worth the investment. <laughs> um, and it's the same for you. If, if, this, if you think, well, I don't know anyone in this church, really, take the plunge. Just speak to them. Say a first sentence, see where it goes. So that was yesterday, and as I said, I got home from camper van searching, and then at half past four, Johnny says, come and give a talk. But that's part of it. I thought, go on then, I will. Just do it, just do it. Right, back to the story. So you, if you've got something that you want to do, but you're putting off and procrastinating and oh shall I shan't or it's risky etc be wise but get some Christian brothers and sisters or friends get praying about it um, and go for it now I keep saying that be wise about that who you share whatever you share with but get some help and go for it so now you're plunge your thing might not be as frivolous as me swimming on New Year's Day that was just my little challenge your thing might be extremely profound very important to you and I'm not making light of that so you might think well there's a reason why I haven't done that thing it's extremely costly or it might be very painful now God knows all about that which is why I say you might want support from Christian brothers and sisters or wise ones um, but only you and God know about that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another. 
build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So get Christians around you to help you on your journey. Now keep moving these pages, don't worry, there's only another eight or nine to go. Back to the beach. Don't worry, I'm aware of time. And I'm aware, because for the first time I've seen a big clock counting me down. It is like countdown up there. Anyhow, back to the beach I went. These men going, I thought, right, I'm going to go in with them. It's now or never. So down I went. Someone held my robe thing. In I went. Oh, dear me. Dear me. It was every bit as joyous as you think it would be. So I put my feet in. And I went in up to my stomach. No, no. No, no, no. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> up to my belly, up to my stomach. And I thought, I still can't do it. I'm now here, freezing. I think I still haven't the courage to go under that water because it was just biting. So I says to this one chap, I says, give us a count. Three, two, one. So he did. Three, two, one. Whammo. Now I went in. Now you can clap. Because I don't. No, no. <laughs> In I went, in I went, hooray, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. Now, I didn't stay long. I was in that water after that for about five seconds. I did not swim three or four lengths up and down Ernsey Bay, I can tell you. But as I came out, I felt exhilarated. Yes, hooray, hooray, hooray. Felt absolutely, it's a cliche, but on top of the world, it was marvellous. I just can't tell you how proud and achieved and wow I've done it and I as I came out all these other people coming in and I thought yay good on you but I've done it I've done it I've done it okay when I was going back to the car there was this lady and gentleman clearly posh photographers they had this whacking great camera lens etc and I discovered from an organization called uh, beautiful barrel and furnace if ever you go on facebook those who do that beautiful barrel and furnace they take gorgeous pictures of our area so this lady says can i take a picture of you cue the picture you people up on the desk let's see if it works <laughs> oh yes oh yes well, that's not exactly beautiful barrow, but you know, <laughs> there's a reason why that robe is so big, I can tell you. Anyhow, I felt good about myself all day long. I thought, yes, yes, yes. I felt empowered and proud and all those things. So, if you only take one little thing away from this testimony, pray, pray, pray to God that he will help you to stop faffing about and I don't mean that term disrespectfully because I'm very well aware the thing you might be putting off might be extremely powerful and important don't procrastinate don't regret doing the thing whatever your thing is Psalm 114 verse 24 says this is the day the Lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it doesn't necessarily mean you're all skippy and happy but it says, oh, I'm going to rejoice in it. I was not skippy and happy in that water, I can tell you. But I rejoiced in it. This is the day. So don't have a big bunch of regrets saying, I wish I'd done it, I wish I'd done it, I wish I'd done it. Because sometimes you can't. Um, but don't beat yourself up. Do pray. Do get good support around you. And just do it. Stop faffing about. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Karen. I know everyone, some of you remember me. Maybe, maybe they're telling, oh, that's the chicken stealer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one time when I'm walking on the way to co-op, someone, someone greeted me and said, oh, I remember you. You're the one who speak on the church. You're the chicken stealer, right? <laughs> and by the way, I'm Gerald. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> I'm a pastor in the Philippines for 12 years and Pastor John invited just asked me yesterday to to speak or share some message today and I asked him is there any specific topic and he said no just just speak or just share whatever whatever God wants you to share so uh, God bring me to this passage in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 <clears throat> you know what most of the time our service and the things that we are doing for God has a reason am I right because of that's the reason I'm happy serving God because of I serve God because of I do things because of because I'm able because I like it and things like that how about the reverse like being happy and serving God not because of our reason but in in spite of and in spite of problem, can we serve God in spite of problem? And in spite of our weaknesses, and etc. And that is what we are going to talk today. Serving God in spite of. Second Corinthians, let, if you have your Bible with you, can you open your Bible in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9? And then later on, we're going to uh, uh, continue until 10. It says, or because of this surpassingly great revelation therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me three times it is Paul speaking in here three times I pleaded with with the Lord to take it away from me but the Lord said to me my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. We all know who's talking here. It, was, it is Paul. He's a wise servant of God, has a Roman citizenship. He prayed to remove his weaknesses, his thorn in the flesh, Three times he asked God for, for removing it, and the Lord's answer is no. You know what he said? You know what the Lord says? He said, just depend on my grace and power. And then if we continue to until verse 10, I'll start with verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And then verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That what the Lord is saying to Paul, to Paul, sorry, to delight in his weaknesses. Because the more that he accepts his weakness, the more that he will reign on him. 
when, when Paul depend on him. Actually, Paul is a very effective, fruitful servant of God. Let me repeat what he said. He said on the early verse, Because of this surpassingly great revelation, therefore, in order to keep me from be becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of, a messenger of say, Satan to torment me. Paul said, For me not to boast, God given me a thorn in the flesh. You know what, brothers and sisters, this thorn in the flesh has been subject of curiosity for almost 2,000 years. Curiosity of the scholars who studying about the epistles and the, the book that was written by Paul and plain student of the Bible. Some of them is saying that it is an illness. But actually, in other words, it is a limitation. It is weaknesses. I won't go so deep or I won't dig so deep on this passage because I don't have enough time. I already consumed three minutes of my time. But the question that we need to answer today is that we can learn, what can we learn to Paul and his thorn in the flesh? I'm gonna repeat it. What can we learn to Paul and his thorn in the flesh? First of all, Everyone has a thorn in the flesh. Amen? We all have struggle. We have weaknesses. Raise your hand if you have weakness. I have weaknesses. We have struggle. We have limitations. We have physical limitations, social limitations, mental limitations. Sometimes we have spiritual conditions. I know many of us is struggling today and those things stop us from serving God. Because we think that for us to serve God, we need to be spiritually perfect. We think for us to serve God, we need to be skillful. We need to be very good. That we, that's why we are always saying when someone is inviting us or encouraging us to serve, oh, can, you, can you do this for God? You know what we're saying? I'm not yet ready. Am I right? Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you today, those things are just meat. It is not true. You don't need to be spiritually perfect to serve God. And if you are that person, God is telling you today, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen? Imagine, imagine Paul who is a great servant of God, a great teacher of the law, and yet he still has a struggle, and he prayed to the Lord, Lord, remove my thorn in the flesh. But the Lord's answer is no. And yet Paul continued to serve him in spite of his thorn in the flesh, and I'm sure many Bible heroes, not just, not just Paul, many Bible heroes are... Struggles in their own personal thorn in the flesh, but never exaggerated their weaknesses and let God use them in, in spite of their struggles. And you know what? We witness miracles over miracles over miracles. Amen. We know how great are the Bible heroes that time. You know what? If you let God use you, if you let His grace rain on you, 
you will witness miracle in your life as well. Brothers and sisters, do not focus on your thorn in the flesh. Do not focus on your weakness. Focus on the Lord. We can serve God and in spite of who we are, not because of who we are. Amen. Can we give a clap to, to our God? It is His grace. Look at your seatmate. Tap, tap him. Can you tap the person next to you? Tell him in, your, in his eye, in her eye, you, you are a victor. Because your God is victorious. Your God is victorious. Every struggle and weaknesses that we are facing today, every struggle and weaknesses that you're facing right now, you will overcome it. You know what, my brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm, about, I'm almost about to speak my own, my own language. You know what, brothers and sisters, I have my own thorn in the flesh at the moment. And it's my, it is my second language. I'm not confident on speaking in this language. But I know His grace is enough for you to understand His message. Amen. Can we clap our hands to God? Second thing that we can learn to this passage is that, can I ask you today, who is your Paul? I'm going to ask you again, who is your Paul? The one that whenever you talk to them, you feel blessed. When he or she lead the Bible study, you are blessed. When, when, he or, when he or she is singing a worship song, you are empowered. Those are your leaders. I'm telling you right now, who is your Paul? Brothers and sisters, support them. And pray for them. Because they too have their own struggle and battle as well. And they also have limitation and weaknesses. That is why it is important to always support them. You pray for them. Encourage them. Speak blessing to them. Because they need it as well. That is the problem of many church members today. When they saw the, the weakness of the leaders or the leader made a mistake, the option is just to go away in the church and find another church. Sometimes the members of the church, you know what we, we do? When we are disappointed with the leaders or sometimes generally the, in the church, we find a perfect church. The problem is there's no perfect church. If you, you know what? Maybe we can only find a perfect church in heaven. Amen? There's no perfect church. If you, if you see a perfect church, go away on it. There's no, not even a righteous person. So it means that every leader can make a mistakes. The only thing that we have is a self-righteous ones. So, brothers and sisters... Pray for your leader. Sometimes, this is the sad things. This is the sad reality. Sometimes our standard is higher than God's standards. But if we look at God's standards, it is just grace and His unconditional love. Let me tell you a story to end up this message. <clears throat> I know some of you heard this message, this story already. I want to share about the story of the two farmers. 
there are two farmers. There's these two farmers arguing about God. The first farmer was an atheist, and then the other one is a Christian. While they're walking, the atheist farmer says to the Christian farmer, he says, Oh, I think that you're, I think the God that you are serving is a stupid God. He said like that. And then the Christian farmer said, he was so offend, offended and said, Oh, why? Why did you say that? He said, while they're walking, look at that watermelon. Look at the watermelon tree. It has a big fruit. You see the watermelon, a big watermelon. Yet, its tree is too small. And the Christian farmer was unable to defend his faith and was so disappointed because what he sees is true. It's true. It has a big fruit, yet it has a small tree. While they continue walking, while they continue walking, they continue walking, they saw a Spanish plum. You know what Spanish plum is? Have you seen it? No. I'll just describe it. I tried to find it in Google, but I cannot find it. A Spanish plum is, in, I saw some Filipino, it is siniguelas in Tagalog. So a Spanish plum is a small fruit like this big, and then it has a big, massive, massive tree. So that's how it's, it's an opposite of a watermelon, in, in other words. So the atheist, Speak again and tell to, to that Christian farmer, See how, you, how stupid your God is? Look at this tree. It has a very small fruit, yet it has a very small fruit, yet his, he, the tree is so big. And then the Christian farmer was so sad because he cannot defend his faith again. And then while they are resting, on that, palm, on that Spanish palm tree, a Spanish palm fruit falls in the, right in the nose of the atheist farmer. You know what? The Christian farmers were so happy, saying, you see how wise my God is? Imagine if that fruit is big as a watermelon. Maybe you don't have nose now. You know what's the lesson? Sometimes, we don't want the things the way they are. Especially how God designed it. But He always have a good purpose and reason why. Amen? The same thing with people. Sometimes we don't want the things we see on them. Especially to the servant of God. Sometimes we are feel offended, sometimes we, we, we are not satisfied with their skills, or sometimes the whole church, sometimes we don't want the things we see on the church, or sometimes we, even on ourselves, we don't want how God designed us. That's why sometimes we do some surger, surgeries, and sometimes we, we want to, to change, we, we pretend to be someone. We also complain about torn, our own thorn in the flesh. I know everyone is praying, Oh Lord, can you remove these weaknesses and this and that. I'm sure, like Paul, God never removed that thorn in the flesh. But God always has a perfect reason. And it is to show His grace and love for us. So, brothers and sisters, this, the message is so simple. Serve God in, in spite of. To God be the glory. Amen.